Welcome back to Note Bene. What is going on, Nate, on the Zoom? Where are Ooh. you? Are you in another fucking hotel room somewhere? No, I'm uh, in the faraway land of the Upper East Side, Benjamin. Well, that is kind of like a, that is a foreign space for you. Um, I am in somewhere you would be very comfortable. I'm in the Aspen oh. Square Hotel in beautiful in. Aspen Core. Uh, mm. The people outside my window, I can look out and see them skiing down Aspen Mountain. Charlie don't <laughs> ski because I'm old and my back hurts. <laughs> but uh, here uh, under the very generous auspices of friend of the pod, Sarah Kolodny, who uh, offered to bring us both out uh, in a very a very comfortable mode of transport, I might add. It's it's very rare that that I did this, but I had to turn down this trip because I had a lunch that I had to go to. Yeah, yeah, I get it. I get it. I just yeah. wish you were here because I know you would really enjoy it. I'm in my hotel room right now. There's literally, I guess they would be called steer horns above the bed. It's like a Western motif. I have a fireplace mm-hmm. here. I might call down to the front desk, have them send up some logs after dinner. Definitely get some logs. Uh, the uh, you know, trophy uh, hunts that are presented in the walls there look fantastic. I'm very jealous that you're in Aspen. I love Aspen. You gonna go to the Jerome? Took up the scene. Uh, I might some... head down to the Jerome. I think I think definitely after after dinner tonight. I think there's definitely be a a, a play a play call to to the Caribou. Mm-hmm. Uh, din- yeah, dinner's actually being being uh, catered off site in the gallery. Uh, oh, wonderful! Uh, one hour ahead uh, by the Caribou mm-hmm. Club, so uh, I think oh, we'll probably excellent. I think we'll probably all meander over there if I have it in me. It's been a lot of travel, my friend. Uh, mm-hmm. Last time we spoke, I, I was just back from Costa Rica. Uh, mm-hmm. You were I don't you were on your way to uh, an unnamed ski resort, I believe. Mm-hmm. Uh, I successfully did not break any bones. And did you go back to L.A. or right to New York from there? Just a just a layover in L.A. Um, but yes, yeah, so we're essentially back to New York and I'm, you know, back here for the long haul. Yeah. You know? And I went to last weekend, I was down in Palm beach. Uh, mm-hmm. I had to edit that out of the pogs, a little bit of a birthday surprise for my mother. Uh, but did, uh, <laughs> did manage to do a little bit of art stuff. Like went and saw a friend of the pod, Joel Messler. He I saw that. Yeah. He did a little talk with Dominique LeVay, uh, proprietress of LVMH, whatever it's called. Uh, great little talk in his amazing show in Palm Beach. That great talk about a spread, man. We had locks, we had bagels, we had fresh pressed juices, mimosas, amazing. bloody marys, coffee, cold brew, whatever you wanted. I'm sure there's fresh a fruit Palm there, Beach but spread. oh, it was a Palm Beach spread. The 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 Yentas were out in full force to hear Joel, mm-hmm. uh, who I think they all see in some way as their little uh, Jewish grandson, uh, talk mm-hmm. about his work. It was snappy. It was quick. Uh, <laughs> came back to New York for a couple days. Didn't see you. Uh, saw some saw some great art, man. Have you gone to see Nate's show yet? I've not. Um, I'm going to try to make my way down to Chelsea in the next hour or so. Uh, I hear the, the, the show's a knockout. I haven't seen it yet. Everyone's talking about it. Everyone's buzzing about it. Absolute killer fucking show. I swung mm-hmm. by yesterday. Uh, on my way up to New Jersey to go to the airport and just fucking it's an incredible show of his hurricane paintings um really sick I've never he's shown this work before in small kind of smatterings uh, I think this is the first full show of this body of work 
it's fucking incredible. It's really mm-hmm. for his first New York show with Zwerner and his first New York show with anyone in quite a while. Uh, since the uh, since the show of his USA maps and the little stutter step to Larry Gagosian's gallery uh, That's on right. the Upper East Side, uh, mm-hmm. f- at least four, maybe five years ago, uh, it's really mm-hmm. good. I think everyone, like all the old heads, are going to pull up through there tonight. I would think uh, they got a nice little dinner party going on afterwards. I'm bummed mm-hmm. to miss that, but you know, the mountains they were a calling. I know. So tell me more about Aspen. What's the scene like? Have you run into anyone? Are people just like like out in full force? Well, it's a little What's bit of a blitzkrieg. So while I was flown in a very comfortable way, uh, you know, the, the, the airport here in Aspen, it's a little dicey. You got to fly between some mountains and stick a pretty tough landing uh, in the Falcon. And uh, it was snowing on and off all day yesterday. We ended up circling around Aspen area for about an hour, hour and a half, trying to find a 10-minute slot of clear weather so we could get down on the ground when they had the runway cleared. Uh, had alternatives at Rifle and, uh, and Eagle Airports. Couldn't make that, so actually ended up landing in Grand Junction, Colorado, uh, Damn. around 7 p.m. And, uh, well, and there was no cars left, no Ubers, no black cars available in Eagle, if you can imagine it, no rental cars. We, uh, uh, Sarah was able to get like a bus, but at that point I was so tired. Uh, uh, one, of, uh, one of my uh, travel companions, a wonderful woman who runs the private client services at Saks, I believe, uh, who's one of the sponsors of the show that I'm here for, made an audible. She's like, Benjamin, let's get out of here. Booked us a couple rooms at a fairly decent hotel. So I went there. So I didn't get, so I woke up this morning, jumped in a car, about two and a half, three hour, beautiful drive. Saw a fucking bald eagle, bro. America. Sick. Yeah. Uh, was driven by uh, two guys. I had a little bit of a stutter step. First guy drove me, then he called in his son-in-law because he had to go fix a motor somewhere. Uh, had a great long talk about his life, and uh, this is the older gentleman's life. Uh, he buys um, secondhand antique tractors and fixes them up for resale in the secondary market. So, you know, we talked markets. Job. Yeah. Uh, so his, his son-in-law came, who's a, who's a deputy sheriff here in, uh, here in Colorado. Uh, usually does prisoner transport, but instead decided to drive me uh, and point out some wildlife. <laughs> so anyway, I didn't get here until 11... 30, 12 o'clock or so, ran through this amazing show of female pop artists that Sarah has put up at her gallery called um, uh, One Hour Before. That's wrong, but we'll get it right. And uh, and uh, some fantastic works by uh, Emma Stern uh, and others. Um, and uh, yeah, haven't seen much of Aspen otherwise. Went Ran through the Warhol show that's at the Aspen Art Museum. Had to cancel a meeting up at Anderson Ranch. But I'll, I'll wander around if I get this pod edited up, see who's about. Listen, there's billionaires aplenty. I got a little peek at the seating chart for this evening, and uh, it is a powerhouse. Uh, I'm sure it is. I mean, you know, if you have the means and you have a place in Aspen, why ever leave? It's just a miraculous little stretch of land. There. In, in the I immortal mean, words, somewhat bastardized words of Ferris Bueller, indeed. Yeah. Uh, I, uh, you know, have a very, very big fondness for, for Colorado in general. I'm more of a steamboat guy myself. Uh, no art there, but great skiing. Great skiing. So I believe you did uh, a nice in one of your previous incarnations. I, did, I believe you did a nice little write up on the westward movement of art galleries to Aspen. Uh, I did. Yeah. I mean, I don't know what the uh, scene is right now. I remember Almin Resch had a, a gallery there. Uh, Marian Boski still has a gallery there in Aspen. Um, uh, who else? Who am I forgetting? I don't remember. Um, but. Uh, 
Yeah, I mean you got Har- Harvey something who does a great ceramics gallery. Um, mm-hmm. You know you have a, Baldwin you have, Gallery. Yeah, Baldwin Gallery, Baldwin. the OG. I should actually swing by and say what's up to him. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you have uh, you know you have kind of a tier that's not really on our radar, but like the Casterline Goodmans of the world that do a lot of secondary right. dealing. Uh, mm-hmm. That you know have quite an active active thing. Um, yeah, but this scene is this scene is good. I think in general, all of these resort areas. We'll see what happens this summer. I know this one is down in Palm Beach. Some of the heat is turned off. I know some right. people are still making these resort towns that became full time residences during COVID. They're still spending more time there than they used to. But New York's back. L.A. is coming back. It seems like yeah. I'm, I'm not sure if all the heat collecting wise is going to stay as disparate at these at these kind of offsite locations as we thought it was going to. Yeah, I mean, I think that just the fact that everyone is, is enjoying the sort of cultural apparatuses in New York and Los Angeles so much, they don't want to be pulled away from it. Uh, I know plenty of people who do have homes, you know, uh, on various islands uh, in the Caribbean. Could very well be there. They're not. They're here in New York. They're in L.A. So I think people are just, you know, enjoying the fact that you can essentially live a normal life with all the trappings of, uh, you know, a major city. Yeah, um, and you can you can pull a Bloomberg and spend your weekends in Bermuda pretty easily. Oh yeah, it's easy. Or Aspen, or Palm Beach, or wh- whatever it might have you. I mean, Palm Beach was going off because I didn't attend, but there was the uh, Amfar, uh, the AIDS charity, did their first Palm Beach event uh, last Saturday night, and mm-hmm. uh, some incredible results for artists. Uh, Vaughn Spawn had a painting that went for like three hundred and something thousand dollars. Joel Messler Amazing. had a painting that went, you know, yep. absolutely bananas, crazy, or a work on paper, really. Um, and uh, it seemed like based on Instagram and I actually was on a phone line for a couple bids based on the buzz in the background, it was going off. I mean, you know, those Ampar Galas, I don't know if you've ever been to one, but they are fun. You know, they well, bought I mean, all two by stuff. two is kind of an Ampar Gala, right? Right. No, it is. It absolutely is. It's one of the biggest. And, you know, I was, um, yeah, yeah. You know, I was chatting and I actually, I'm not sure if this is public information, but, uh, I was chatting with a, a friend from Saks who went down last year and was just blown away. This is someone who goes to a lot of benefit galas around the world, had never attended two by two before and was blown mm. away by the level of philanthropy in Dallas. And I think all the Amphars are like that. You've been to Khan, Yeah. For that one. I had not been to Khan actually. I was trying to make it work, uh, this year. Uh, sorry, 2021 didn't work. I'm still trying to possibly make it work this year in May seems unlikely. Uh, Definitely been invited. They want me there, which is great. But I've been. Everyone wants you everywhere, Nate Freeman. Come on, come on now. With that wit, with that banter, who doesn't want (laughs) me? With those glossy, Um, glossy pages of the Vanity Fair. Exactly. Um, No, but it's just like it's kind of the gold standard of any kind of fundraising gala, and obviously for a fantastic cause. Yeah, yeah, certainly. Let's see what else. Yeah, so I think coming up, uh, I did. You weren't able to be here, so I, I went off piste and did solo interviews. We have a great interview with Sarah Kalodny about Aspen, about the scene here, about why Amazing. she's based here right now and doing the gallery program. Also sat down and talked with the painter Allison Zuckerman, who is featured in the show, who's like did that great, uh, great kind of show mm-hmm. down at the Versace Mansion in Miami oh, during yeah. uh, during Basel that our friend Max Levey did. Has a great painting in the show here in Aspen. Sat and talked with her about her practice and sat with. Kind Kind of one of the women of the hour, Emma Stern, who's the subject of a great solo exhibition at Let's Half go. Gallery. And uh, just mm-hmm. quick chit-chats with them. Just went a little breeds quick, really, about their work in the show. But had a good time. Mm-hmm. Obviously, all fans of the pod. So, you know, it was nothing but gravy. 
so sick. Wish I could have been there, but you know, got it. You're gonna you be know, missed tonight, man, because you know I can't. I know. You know, someone needs to. Someone needs to drink the wine. Someone needs to. You know, I'm, I'm sure not gonna make it to the third fabulous. location. There's definitely gonna be a third location. I I just can't make it there. <laughs> uh, you know, I have faith in you, and, and and I'll be there drinking that excellent, excellent wine and spirit. Let's see how much diet coke they pack into this fucking banquet hall. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, I'm not going to uh, uh, Nate's dinner, uh, and I'm not going to A Wall's dinner for Goshen. I'm actually going to go to the last ever Salon Ninety Four party before they transition into the LVMH family. Weird choice. Tell me about it. Uh, no, it's just going to be a, a, a send off kind of for this 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 Slum Ninety Four space. And yeah, but weird choice to... for you. Why of those three events? Yeah, it's just you know, it's just what I felt like I wanted to do. You're not going to double you dip because I think the Nate thing you could probably double dip. I think you can go later to that. It doesn't seem like a seated dinner based on the invitation to me. Maybe we'll see. I don't know. It's just kind of you know, I'm, I'm Nate, do, it, do it for days. the pod, man. Do it for the pod. <laughs> you keep saying New York's by. back. Prove it. Maybe I'll stop by. All, um, right. all right. That's all I got. I got to go get this edited. Stay tuned. We got Sarah. We got Emma. We got Stay Allison. Tuned. All powerful woman. Way smarter than us. Right mm-hmm. after now. this. Welcome back to Nota Bene. Live to fucking tape in Aspen, Colorado. I am here joined by Sarah Kalodny, um, art advisor, gallerist curator uh great dancer just moving about what's going on sarah thanks for having me out in aspen man it's been so long since i've seen you it's been a long time i'm so glad you're out here it's a lot of fun to have you out here to be here man yeah i know you had a treacherous trip in but i'm glad it wasn't treacherous it was just we took the circuitous route and uh but we're here and like it's it's awesome yeah and it's snowing and and it's going to be a beautiful day. So yeah. and I'm glad uh, you're here. Yeah, it's beautiful out. Like, uh, Charlie don't ski, so I'm just like, uh, I'm just watching. I'm going to go check out the museums. <laughs> but um, you've got the proper hat. You've got the proper headwear. Yeah, so. I got this amazing Canadian. I don't know what that is. Probably raccoon. <laughs> <laughs> this this sold it to me as something fancier, but you know. Listen, I have the look for just about anywhere. Yeah. <laughs> Might I, not have the skills, but I get the wardrobe. <laughs> um, where do you see tonight's outfit? Oh, very, I can't very wait. revealing. No, I'm yeah. just kidding. Um, it's really cool to be here. It's really cool to see you and to see you like doing all these different things. It's a little bit intimidating and impressive. <laughs> um, I know you from, from your background working as a director as, uh, at a gallery based out of New York, but it's actually a gallery with multiple locations. Um, but we always saw each other, not in New York, like on the road, on the road, Dallas, exactly. Basel, Mexico city, LA, Aspen. We spent a lot of time in Aspen here a few yes. summers ago. Um, but now you're spending a lot more time in Aspen. Yeah, and actually, you took me on my first hike ever in Aspen. No way. Yes. Wow. I actually just remembered that. Um, we were in town for not Art Crash, but the event for Anderson Ranch. Yeah, yeah, the Anderson Ranch Years benefit. ago. And that was it. I fell in love with Aspen. Oh, my God. Thanks that's to that's you, really actually. So it's a funny connection now to have you here full circle for that's this. awesome i'm so glad you brought me back because i actually really love aspen like i don't ski like i said but i love the nature like i love like just like going on these hikes in the morning i could just like being close to nature and like feeling that sense of spirituality from that is sort of the same way i feel when i'm looking at great art like that there's something larger than myself in a world that's greater than myself and i i really yeah really definitely i think that's a huge part of why people like coming here and especially why artists like coming here and actually that kind of ties into the name of my gallery and why we're all here it's called one hour ahead 
And One Hour Ahead is the title of a book on the Aspen avant-garde. And I guess back in the day, since the 1950s, all kinds of artists, poets, creatives have been coming here. It's kind of been their like safe space and they've been making amazing work here. Um, Aspen was actually once its own time zone, different than the rest oh. of Colorado. Yeah, it's a great book you can buy. It tells you, I mean, you'd be surprised the list of artists, like artists, I mean, Warhol's kind of obvious. Everyone knows he came, but Jackson Pollock was here. Um, I mean, Hunter S. Thompson, of course, even ran for mayor of Aspen. Sheriff of, of Aspen. Sheriff, Sheriff of Aspen, which is extra interesting. Um, but the book, yeah, it's at the Aspen Art Museum. So recommend picking one up. Freak power all yeah. the way, man. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's a great place for, for creative people. It has been, like you said, like going back many years. It's a great place for outdoor people. Uh, it's become a really great place for billionaires, uh, for sure. <laughs> um, if they, to, to judge by all the PJs parked over at the Aspen Pickens County Airport, I saw this morning. Yes. Um, because it's you know, especially I think during uh, kind of this pandemic, post-pandemic, a lot of people that might have had houses here started spending not just weekends or a week here and there, but really spending almost full time. Uh, and realizing that they could do that, um, so there's like a nexus of year-round people here now in Aspen when it used to be super seasonal. Yeah, which I think has made um, the community a lot stronger because a lot of these people were supporting the arts in their cities, bigger cities where they come from. And so we've seen, I actually think, like an influx of support for the arts here in Aspen. And to have an audience that's more full time allows for better projects to happen here, too. Yeah. And obviously we have the the great Shigeru Bond designed Aspen Art Museum uh, Mm -hmm. right down here in the downtown core. Anderson Ranch, which is amazing, an amazing facility. Um, you even have a number of galleries. There's a great, I'm blanking on his name, the great ceramics gallery I'm going to go see uh, around the way. Um, anyway, yeah, there's, there's quite a something? few. I don't know. Yeah, um, and, and in the summer, I mean, there's so many pop-ups. There's all the pop-ups. That's, that's why I started coming here. I was doing a pop-up um, back with, in, with Meredith Darrow back in the day. Um, and then obviously Marianne Boski, probably almost five years now, open yeah. gallery, four or five years, exactly. really beautiful space also right here. Um, but you've added to this and, um, and your one hour ahead gallery, which is in this beautiful space we're hanging out in. Um, and we're here for a show that's opening tomorrow featuring, uh, all female artists. Exactly. So the premise of the show actually started because Warhol is showing at the Aspen Art Museum and That led to some creative thinking. How can we add to the sort of footprint in the Aspen art circle, but like start a conversation? So rather than just doing a random show, like piggyback off of that show and add something to it. So we thought female pop is perfect. We can, we don't have to limit ourselves to a certain time period. We can like use pop as sort of like a very broad word and then get to work with so many of my favorite artists. And also I I brought in a curator named Anna Stothart, who I worked with at Lehman Maupin. And before that, she was at the ICA Boston and she got really into the idea. So it was a very organic process, how the show came together. And we just, I mean, it was a lot of fun. I mean, going to talk to all these artists and their galleries and exploring the connections among all these amazing women and then making a lot of discoveries about artists I didn't know about too. yeah the show which opens tonight is called female pop then and now and like there's definitely some younger artists that i know that we'll get to and then there's some historic artists like linder that i'm familiar with um really fantastic work um laura owens but then there's a couple of artists that are new to me 
Um, Rosalind Drexler is one that I didn't know much about. Um, tell me yeah. about her work. And so I discovered Rosalind's work actually through Anna, the curator. But she's a super interesting artist. She started making work in the 60s, about the same time as Warhol. Um, previously to being an artist, she was a wrestler. Um, she's also been a screenplay writer, and she wrote the screenplay for the movie, which became Rocky. So very, very talented woman. Um she, she's made, she started making work in the 60s, uh, but we have a couple of works that are from the 1980s. And I think one of my favorite pieces that we have by her is a painting she made in honor of Basquiat when she learned that he passed away because she was a good friend of his and she was devastated. So it's, it's a lot of fun to show that piece here. Yeah, yeah. It's a really, really, really nice painting. Um, like I said, the Linders, which are great, that fantastic photographic work of like the, the mannequin with the hands, the kind of um, the PVC or rubber wrapped hands, super cool, intense, amazing for a lady's dressing room, I think. <laughs> um, like that's what I would put it. Yeah. Um, I and like then, the way you uh, think. Yeah. Well, you know, you <laughs> kind of do the same thing. So you yeah. got to think alike, right? Um, and then an incredible monumental painting out there by a young artist, Alison Zuckerman, which I think is like mind blowing to me. I got to know her a little bit yesterday in transit and she's a really cool thinker. And this painting is like, it has so many references, but it's something that's uniquely its own. Yeah. Um, how'd you I, get to know her and her work? I got to know her and her work because I had seen it at the Rubel Museum. And I had always wanted to work with her, but never, never had the opportunity. And then, of course, um, female pop. Her work has so many pop elements to it, just even by looking at it. And she's so talented at referencing so many different artistic tropes at once that all come together that, like you said, it just becomes its totally own unique thing. But the layers are incredible. Yeah, yeah, that is incredibly successful. And then also we have Emma Stern here, fresh on the heels of her big show that opened at Half Gallery last week. It feels like a lifetime ago. I've been in so many different climates <laughs> since then. Um, and uh, yeah. also also got to hang out with her in transit a little bit. I know she has a sculpture that is amazing uh, that's uh, en route today and a great drawing she brought. I mean, she's like a different type of pop. Like she kind of feel yeah. like it's like you have like a little bit of the past, you have some of the present and like someone that's really looking towards the future in a lot of ways in her practice. Totally. What I like about Emma's work is it sort of straddles this line of NFTs and traditional painting. And so I think both type of collectors can find it very interesting. And I just think it's um, the way she paints and, and owns like, women's bodies and women's positions and who women are. She just makes these really powerful, strong, sexy women. And I, I love that about the work. I mean, I've been thinking about her in conversation with people recently as almost an extension, a new generation of kind of Cindy Sherman and female artists of that era. They were looking about how the male apparatus looks at women and turning that camera around on themselves. And she's kind of pushing that dialogue forward into kind of looking at how digitally men look at and create fantasies projected upon the woman's body and the power of that kind of that uh, patriarchal male gaze and kind of tweaking it in a new kind of post-digital age. Right. And I think it's a lot about reclaiming that gaze yeah, yeah, too, yeah. right? And that's what she and I talked about actually in her studio is like, she's wondering how men view these versus women. And to me, the best thing is it's like a woman making the work, reclaiming the gaze. And like, I think all women look at the work and because it's playful, even if you can't relate to the way the women look, you can relate to their actions. Like I remember in our show, there's 
this image of like three girls on the back of a jet ski that's this wild thing. And I feel like any girl can relate to hanging out with her girlfriends, hopping on the back of a jet ski um, and, and having a good time. And I feel like the work is a lot about just having fun and it's very playful. So that's why I love it. Maybe not any woman, but certainly ones we would be friends with can <laughs> exactly, relate to that. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I'm going to sit down with, with, with Emma, uh, I think next and chat a little bit about her practice in relationship to the show. Um, and then there's, you know, you also share this office with a friend, um, Ashley, yes. um, uh, Ashley Ween. Ween, who makes the, I was just looking at her jewelry and it is like amazing. So yeah. gorge. Yeah. She's, she is extremely talented. Um, all of my art sales go to her jewelry. So yeah, again, I've known <laughs> her socially it. for a bit, but I've yeah. actually never seen her work, uh, physically in person, I don't think. And it's really special. And I know she's, um, and, and along with her and Saks, you we're doing a big, you guys are doing a nice dinner tonight to celebrate the it, opening of the show. Exactly. And I, I mean, a big point of this space one hour ahead is to bring together art, design and fashion to create unique experiences. So I don't really look at it as a gallery space, so to speak. It's more of an experimental site. I'm open to hosting all kinds of events or forums or really anything, but I want it to be um, not like a white wall gallery to really go beyond that and bring people together for actual experiences. Um, awesome. And so you, do you have shows programmed out or ideas for shows programmed out through so, the summer or how, how far ahead are you so, thinking? <laughs> this show was exhausting. It was a lot of work sorry, to bring sorry. together. I don't mean no. to re-traumatize <laughs> you so close. No, uh, I mean, like, for example, the, there's a piece in this show that um, has never been seen outside of Belgium. And to get it here was a huge ordeal, a lot of work shipped from Europe. Um, so this summer, actually, the gallery will transform into another gallery, which will be Carpenter's Workshop and Miriam Boski's pop-up here. Um, oh, yeah. interesting. So again, like I said, one hour ahead can morph into a lot of things. I like to be nimble and flexible. Um, and then I'll probably do my next show the following winter season, so once a year. Once a year? That seems yeah. like just about enough. Yeah. All right. Thank you so much for the invitation, for bringing me back I'm to so Aspen. I'm so glad you're here. And, uh, all right. Hold on next uh, for Emma Stern. Welcome back. Live to tape in Aspen, I'm joined by Emma Stern, one of the artists in the show. And uh, what's going on, Emma? Hi, happy to be here. It's your first time in Aspen, right? It's my first time in Aspen. What do you think so far? It's very picturesque. Yeah, it is. It's just like they said it would be. Mountains and billionaires. <laughs> yeah. And it's not a bad thing. Um, well, it's cool that you got to come here. Uh, I'm just learning about this show and seeing it for the first time. Um, all about kind of a female uh, pop, pop art through, through a particularly female vernacular, I guess you could say. Um, and you have a drawing and a sculpture in it. And I just wanted to talk about them real quick. Maybe starting with this awesome drawing that you made. Is it titled? I don't even know that. Yeah, it's titled. Um, so Amber, Amber terrible vibes. Yeah. <laughs> Not bad vibes. Terrible, terrible vibes. As bad as they get, basically. Um, so I name all of my... Basically, I have a... I design these figures. I use software that's generally used by... Um, people who make game like game developers um and also people who make like weird 3d erotica I also use the software a lot which i think really comes through in the visual vocabulary of it um but so i make these characters and amber is a character that i've actually worked with a lot 
Um, and so she's featured in both the drawing and the sculpture. I believe I have a painting of Amber in my personal collection. I believe you do. <laughs> Forgot about that. Yeah, so did I. No, right. <laughs> um, she and I go way back. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so it's a, it's a figure you use. Um, she's kind of uh, looking out at the camera, uh, uh, kind of on her knees, leaning on leaning on arm. But it's an interesting technique in that, as opposed to a, a dark color onto white paper or canvas, it's uh, it's white into dark, right? Yeah. So I love drawing, and I kind of took a really like extended hiatus from it just because got really excited about the paintings and everyone else got excited about the paintings and working on a scale that size was uh, really befitting for, you know, just the body of work the past few years. Um, But I'm getting back into drawing now and I'm really pushing it and I call them works on paper now, like rather than drawings, just because um, it just feels more substantial. (laughs) Yeah, I get it right. Um, But no, I, I really like working on toned paper or black paper Um, because I work a lot with shadow and light. And I think there's really interesting things that start happening when you uh, kind of flip the positive and negative. You know, I think, you know, a lot of the 3D rendering kind of stuff you're referencing often Mm -hmm. is about light and shadow because it's so good at like playing around with light sources and things like that and textured and and kind of 3D. And like, it's funny. I mean, this is very much a a work on paper and it it has a lot of the hallmarks of that handmade kind of feeling to it, Mm -hmm. but also feels so plastic and digital at the same time. And I think across all of your work that I've seen, I really like the tension between those polarities. Yeah, that's a space I really like to play in, like using really traditional techniques and mediums to uh, uh, to illustrate very contemporary subject matter. And I think that feels very of the moment. Like, I don't feel like I could have made this work 10 years ago. And who, in 10 more years, like, who knows if this is even going to be interesting. Like, we might be so far past this conversation, but I'm here for it now. Um, I'm just looking at her face. It's It feels... I don't want to put words into her head or your mouth, but she feels a little bit desolate or sad to me. She's yeah. like ca- downward cast a little bit to the head. Like, do you, do you write a narrative in your own head, whether or not you want to share it about who they are and what they're experiencing at the moment? I narratize everything. And that's kind of the cool thing about having this sort of rotating cast of characters that I call my lava babies, but they're my muses really. And I've started referring to them I mean, this is an extended self-portraiture project because I think anytime you make an avatar, it is by definition a self-portrait, even if it's indirect or non-literal. And so they're like, all of the lava babies are self-portraits and Amber in particular, she's always a little bit like sad girl vibes. And particularly for this, um, for this drawing, I was thinking about the, um, the sad eye emoji. <laughs> like I didn't, I didn't go in with that intention, but as I was working on her face, I was like, why does this feel very familiar? <laughs> and so I think it came through a bit. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It's just like, I, I think, uh, I, I don't think anyone can really, no one can make anything that's not a self portrait. Like even if you're an abstract artist, it comes you know, through. I, mean, I argue that, yeah, all yeah. artists in sense, you know, yeah. are creative output in general. Yeah. Even musicians. Um, yeah, certainly. Um, I want to move on just because we're trying to keep it tight to mm-hmm. the other work of yours in the show, which is this amazing, to me, Degas-esque sculpture um, titled also Amber, um, but it's a 3D, three-dimensional work in Casperon's, like a hyper-traditional material, almost like you yeah. know your work on paper is a hyper-traditional material, but it still feels you know digital, all the things we just referenced. 
but different. I mean, there's an age to it. I mean, using this mm-hmm. very traditional, you know, kind of material. What made you decide to work like this? Well, it was the um, Marion Donna from New Gallery. This was kind of her idea. And so th- we worked on this project a bit together. Um, and it's been almost a year in the making. But I just... So I've been leaning into sculpture. It's something I've always been interested in doing. Um, and this past year, I've started making sculptures that were uh, 3D printed, which one of them was at my London show with Carl Kostial. And there's another one that'll be in Marfa later this year. Um, but that's also like a hyper-contemporary material. And so that tension that we discussed earlier isn't there. I love the way it looks, and I think I love that they look like my paintings when they're 3D printed. Mm-hmm. We get them super glossy and buffed out. But um, with the bronze, like, Again, it's like this return to a very traditional, like kind of classical material, and then this super contemporary subject matter. Yeah, and I think just what we were just talking about is very much illustrated here the way that it isn't yeah. maybe some of the other uh, other mediums. But for me, this reads so weirdly Degas, <laughs> who I fucking love. I love man. Degas. Oh, I hate it so much. <laughs> no, I Why love it. Why do you it. love Degas? I don't know, because he's corny and so am I. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I do want to talk just, uh, I, I'm keeping this too short, and someday I want to sit down and do a full interview with you oh, about I'd your practice. Um, but I want to talk about your work in the context of the show about kind of a, a you know female pop. Because um, your work in general is, I think, very much about subverting a traditionally male gaze um, and, and turning that around and taking control over the power to construct those images over women and women's bodies. Um, and I think a lot of this, the pop art in this show is about that. Um, this keeps coming up with the last couple of interviews. Like, how do you feel about that? How do you feel about pop, about taking that control? Like, is that any in any way part of your process? Or? Yeah, I mean, it's funny. I never really thought of my work in the context of pop, but like, since we started working on the show, I realized that kind of all art is pop at this point, which is pretty cool to think about, just like from an art historical perspective. Andy one. Yeah. <laughs> But, um, yeah, in terms of, like, subversion and kind of, like, uh, uh, retaking control, like, yeah, that's kind of the crux of, like, the work I'm making right now. I'm really interested in these kind of, um, you know, the male-dominated arena of software and technology and how we're kind of watching cyberspace get populated in real time by these virtual females who a lot of the time are not made by they're made by men these virtual females are kind of like these like uh, concocted versions yeah and all those patriarchal desires are encoded within the very technology itself right and they're hyperbolic and they're fantasy based and i don't even think that's bad i think like visually that's super interesting to me and that's why i make the images i do it's not necessarily a critique but it is kind of like a reclamation and so that's how i've been thinking of it and i think we have like a cool opportunity it's like very timely like there's an interception that could happen and I'm kind of playing with that, I think. I love love that phrase, reclamation and interception. Mm -hmm. Um, We're going to leave it there until we meet again. Until we meet again. Emma Stern. Here we are, back in Aspen. Alison Zuckerman, one of the featured artists in the exhibition. We were just standing in front of her picture. Unfortunately, we can't do the podcast in front of it because it's like people painting, setting up dinner tables. I don't know. Um, what's going on? So I'm just looking at the painting on my phone. Yeah, yeah. Um, where'd my phone go? I should look at the painting too. We'll pretend we're standing in front of it. Um, 
I mean, it's incredible. It feels like like uh, like this out of this insane kind of garden. These two lecherous, I would say, gentlemen um, uh, grabbing at a damsel in distress. But like, I mean, it's really more than that. I want to hear it in your words. Like, what's the genesis of this work? Well, it's actually pretty funny that you use the word lecherous to describe them because in many of the paintings of this scene called Susanna and the Elders, the men are described as lecherous and they're described as lecherous in the story, which comes from the book of Daniel. So the story goes that Susanna is bathing and two lecherous men come upon her and they ask her for sexual favors And of course, she declines, and they threaten her with blackmail. And they say, fake blackmail. Um, They say, we're going to tell people that we saw you having an affair, which was untrue. Um, And they do that. And she goes to trial, and there is a man named Daniel, wise man Daniel, and he interviews each of these men separately, and he asks them what the tree looked like that Susanna was bathing beneath. And they both describe the tree differently, so Susanna is proven innocent. And this is a story that comes up in art history a lot. This painting, um, I was looking at it, I was looking at the version by Gerard von Honthorst, um, Dutch painter, Dutch Golden Age painter, and he painted it in the early half of the 17th century. Mm-hmm. So I take from art history, and I retell the story through a feminine lens. Um, you can also see that... But with also a pop take on it, I, definitely. Would, I would say, which is, I suppose, how you fit into the construct of the show. Right, right. Lots of pop, uh, working high to low, taking yeah. Disney iconography, um, emojis, also pixelation, which, yep. which I think is like our version of the Bende dot. Mm-hmm. And also, like, so what you, what, for those who aren't looking at it, so you have this great scene in the background, everything as described, and then over the pixelation of these kind of squares of color, and some of them are kind of uh, applied uh, uh, on there. And like, it, it, for me, it, com- and there are like several different colors, for me, it complicates the ability, the, the visual pleasure of the viewer who wants to read, the, read this representational painting, and you're kind of complicating, you're putting these things in the way uh, and making it harder. Um, why? Sure. I think it's, um, it's really interesting to disrupt is kind of visual uh, tranquility and doing that through the pixelation, kind of like a glitch that you're experiencing in your own mind. Mm-hmm. You know, this is exactly what it does. It creates a visual glitch, a, a dissonance. Um, it takes you out of any possibility of the sublime, I would argue, like uh, that. Um, and then I, I'm really interested in like some of the specific choices in terms of, so there's like a Tweety Bird, which I assume is a Disney or some sort of other cartoon character. Um, it's a bird from of, Cinderella. From Cinderella. Yeah, of course. Duh. I have kids. Um, but then also, what, where do these amazing um, moths come from? The moths are more of a recent area of research for me. Like, I've been involved with mining art history for a few years now. Mm-hmm. And then I started thinking about, like, what about, um, you know, like, medical illustrations or botanical illustrations or, like, ornithology, too. So looking at Audubon. Um, so I've been incorporating more nature scientific illustrations into my work. I mean, it seems like all the different elements also have, in a way, 
all different p- treatments of painting, different mm-hmm. brush styles, yes, different yes, exactly. uh, things. So like you, you're kind of collaging different techniques on there. Right. Um, for me also, the moths, one of the things that I read, and this is all about the viewer bringing their own kind of history to it. Like I felt thought about the silence of the lambs mm. and that guy yeah. and, and the kind of, and then she have these two lecherous, whoever you want to call it guys, were kind of trying to take this maiden and this kind of sense of, of covering oneself with someone else. I don't know. That was just the immediate reference point for me. Um, it's really psychedelic in a way. It harkens back for me, not just to art history, but to like even children's illustration. You have the Disney thing, obviously, but then you have this great frog in kind of the bottom left-hand quadrant of the, of the picture that feels like something out of like a 1920s illustrated kids book. Um, and then the two, I should say, I mean, I think it's important to point out that the two uh, lecherous figures um, it's such a delicious sounding word. Mm. Um, I mean, they look to me quite George Kondo esque in the construction of their faces and their grotesqueness. Yes. Yes. George Kondo is definitely, uh, present in this painting. The mouths come from a painting, painting that I did of okay. a mouth. So it's kind of like a self sampling while sampling art history. Mm-hmm. So, and you, and you mentioned all of the different visual languages. That's very important to me. It's, um, you know, like the way that a frog is depicted or a bird, like a frog can be rendered in, in a somewhat realistic manner. And then this bird is a bird, but you would never see that in nature. So combining different ways of depiction is very, very interesting to me. Um, kind of beyond the picture and just, I'm thinking about the story that's based on, obviously there's been, you know, countless, uh, art historical examples of people painting this Bible story. Is there anything particularly resonant to you? Not just about the fact that painters have engaged with it over the eons, but of the story itself about the notion of not trusting a woman's word mm-hmm. about like kind of what that's about the core of that story, which I think is quite dark and interesting and tells us something about the people that wrote the Bible perhaps. Absolutely. Um, yes, that a woman is just minding her own business, taking care of her own body and is just, uh, violated and then has to defend herself. Like, you know, she wasn't going out like looking for trouble you know, wasn't instigating anything. She was just like, she thought she was in the privacy of her own home. And then she just was put through all, all of this trouble just to be found innocent, just mm-hmm. to continue going about her own business. Yeah, I mean, I, a lot of this is about the, uh, of the show, and I won't ask you to comment on any of the other artists' works, but for me, and I just need to bring this up because it just occurred to me, a lot of the female artists working in a pop vernacular are very much looking about how historically men have put their gaze on their bodies and there's an act of reclaiming, kind of similar to what some of the pictures generation people did. I'm going to repeat myself in each of these little mini interviews. That's a point that keeps occurring towards me. Anyway, um, it's been really awesome to get to know you. You're super fun. I really, really, really like this painting a lot. And I'm really glad I got to see it and chat with you about it. Um, and I look forward to like hanging out some more. So, Me as awesome. well. All right, let's Thank get on to the so next much. part of our day. Thank you.